You're listening to the Sunday Messages Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you and good to be with you this Sunday morning. I want to welcome you if you are visiting or checking us out. My name is Jose. I have the honor of serving as the lead pastor, and we, Cypress Creek Church, are that, a group of imperfect people who are all following the only perfect Savior, and that's Jesus. So I hope that you feel welcome right here. After this gathering, we are going to celebrate those three exciting, wonderful, amazing baptisms. And so I want to invite you to that right after that. If you have kids, run and get your kids so that they can see that. And let's continue to have conversations as uh, to what that may mean for you, if that's the next step that you have in your faith journey. We, this morning, are capping off a four-week series called Limited. We've been looking at the first church gathering. We've looked at the things that they were doing and the very uh, fun experiences, truly joy-filled and amazing, wonderful things that were happening then, and they're still happening right now. And uh, this morning, we're going to talk about Go. And I I talked, I, I chose this word limited because we all are limited. And we live in a world that offers us unlimited fill in the blank, unlimited refills, unlimited car washes, unlimited all the things, unlimited streaming. But really, when we embrace the God given gifts of limits, it actually frees us, it actually allows us to be more present. And I think that this world needs what we're about to read in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Let's take a look and hear and read what they were doing. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So they were gathering together. They were listening to God's word being preached. They were breaking bread in homes. So they were meeting on Sunday mornings and they were meeting in community groups and homes all around uh, that area in Jerusalem then. And again, we have community groups now. It says, verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So there were incredible things going on in this awe, this fear of the Lord was compelling spiritual growth in them. They were growing up to become more like Jesus. And then last week, we talked about these two verses. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had needs. So they were uh, living incredibly generous lives. Radical generosity is what they were practicing. We looked at that last week and how we look at our eternal inheritance and give from that place in this morning. We got two verses, the last two of the series, verse 46, 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We, we see this body in motion that was bringing about growth. They were going and they were growing. The beginning of Acts, you see multiplication happen in significant places throughout the book of Acts. In fact, on that guy that Taylor was talking about just a moment ago, if you click on that go, there's an, a lot of resources that will go along with this message. And one of those is you see how the explosive growth blessed the entire world 
starting right here in chapter two of uh, the book of Acts. And for us this morning, what I want to focus in on is the limited mission, the scope that God's given us here in this place, because we can get way overwhelmed with all of the problems in the world and think, how do I, what do I do? When I know that so much is going on, we can be overwhelmed by the mission that this world needs fulfilled. And so this morning, I, I, I want us to look at this very, very limited mission that he has given us. They are living it out. And uh, we'll dive in to this verse. But first, a question for us. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were six, seven, eight, maybe still now? What do you want to be when you grow up. I would love participation. Extroverts, I know I can count on you. Introverts, I'm going to challenge us a bit. I'd love to hear some examples. What did you want to be when you grew up? Veterinarians, saving the animals. They need you. They need you. Big problem to be solved. Come on, somebody else. Archaeologist, teacher, nurse. Now we're going. Now we're moving. Architects design beautiful homes for people to live in that won't collapse. There you go. So listen, oftentimes we wanted to do things to help people because there is this innate thing that we've been given as image bearers of God that wants to be a part of the solution to the problems that we see in our surroundings. And maybe you are further along that line and you've stopped dreaming because you've kind of come to terms with you know, there's not much in this life or, or you feel maybe discouraged because of what life has turned out to you. The good news this morning is we have a mission this morning. We're going to be talking about a mission that when we take it personally and when we live it out collectively, it has the ingredients to bring about revival in this community and to the ends of the earth. The mission is one word, and that's Jesus. No matter what we do, we get to participate in the mission of being called a son and a daughter of God. See, we often define or answer the question, what do you want to be with what do you want to do? But what we do doesn't define who we are. Anybody out there? That's just a job. Who we are should define what we do. And as believers in Christ, doesn't matter if we are a nurse, we are a teacher, we are a veterinarian, even a lawyer, we can bring about God's design here on earth. Thank you for the humor. That was a bit of sarcasm to my lawyer friends. All right. So listen, we have an amazing mission and it's actually really simple, but it is incredibly in depth. Here's what Jesus said he was in the upper room and he told his disciples this right before he went to the cross and before he ascended into heaven he said a new command i give you what love one another as i have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another it's the right answer and it's also really hard to live out this idea that we are to love one another as Jesus has loved us. But when we practice it, I believe we will see amazing, incredible things continue to happen 
here throughout our community. That is the go. Oftentimes we think, okay, I need to go and do outside. Yes, let's continue to do that. But, but, but he's calling out his disciples. He's saying, hey, if you love one another as I have loved you, that is going to be contagious and others are going to want to join because there's something different about the way that a Christ follower lives their life. How do we do that? Let's look back at these two verses in Acts to find out these four key ingredients to missional living. I also think they are four ingredients to see revival happen through our church and community. Starting in verse 46, it says, As every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Did they meet together once a week? No. Did they meet together twice a week? Sunday morning community group? No, it says that every day, the first ingredient to missional living is consistency. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Now, I'm not about to say we're going to gather in this place every day. Why? Because this is a building that actually hosts the church every Sunday morning. Church is not a building. Church is people. And we are called to be in community every day, some way, some form, not all of us, but some of us. Here is a first great starting point. If you don't already get them, we have daily devotionals that go out daily. You can start your day unless you wake up before 4 a.m., which is when they're sent out. You can start your day by reading a short devotional by one of our team members so that we can just stir one another on to love and good deeds. Consistency is a consistent theme in the New Testament. Hebrews 10 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Cowboys, you know how to spur. You kick that horse, and what does that horse do? It goes. We kick one another kindly and toward love and good deeds. Not, what are you thinking? Maybe if appropriate, but oftentimes it's not appropriate. We say, hey, we, you messed up. That's all right. Let's keep going. You're not alone. Not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Here we go. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Look, Jesus is going to come back. I don't know when he didn't tell us when, but he said to be ready. And one of the things that he encouraged us to do is to not neglect gathering together. And that does happen here on Sunday morning. Way to go. We're starting our day off. We're starting the week off right. And that is at church. But uh, last August, we, uh, my wife and I started a, a community group in our home, and it, it, and it grew, and, and now we have three community groups from that one community group, but uh, about November, we started realizing something that many in our group, we were seeing them on Sunday morning, and then on Monday afternoon, we saw them at T-ball practice, and then on Tuesday, we picked uh, our kids up from a dance class that, that, that we hosted here in the church, and then on Wednesday, we saw each other at community group, and then on Thursday, we saw each other at soccer practice out at the fields, and then on Friday... We took a break from one another because uh, that, that was, I'm just kidding. No, we actually hung out because we liked being with one another. And then on Saturday, we saw each other at the soccer fields on, uh, out there. And then on Sunday, back at church again. We didn't do that on purpose. Here's the thing, though, that happened. We wanted to be with one another. 
We, we didn't just have to be, oh, I got to go to church. Oh, I got to read this. Oh, I got to have this conversation with somebody else. We wanted to be together. And when we did, this next ingredient happened. But before I go there, here's a question for us. Is who, who am I constantly around? Who are you consistently seeing? Because who you are you are the average of the five people that you hang out with. That is a, a, a book and, and commonly said, but most importantly, it's said here in Proverbs thirteen twenty: whoever walks with the wise becomes what? Wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. This is true for our kids and our grandkids and ourselves as well. Who we surround ourselves with will form us. We will become like them. So being consistently around one another is so important. And again, it, it be, when we want to be with one another, it's this, it leads to the second ingredient. They were meeting and breaking bread with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. This word glad means joyful. They were excited to see one another, and it said that they had sincere hearts. This word sincere is beautiful. It means not only authentic. Yes, they were authentically being real, and, and that's important in our day. To, to drop the show, it, it means no agenda, no pretext, no hypocrisy. I am you know, I'm giving out what, what, I, what I'm living inside, but it also means not only being real, but really wanting to be together. They actually enjoyed each other's company. What does that look like in our culture? Where do people go to enjoy being together? I'm talking about the world. This isn't the church answer. What's the world? Sports. Man, I was not going to go there right away, but yeah. That, that, that's the biggest thing. Did you know that this, this day, Sunday morning, the reason why some of you guys are here at the 10 and not the 1130 is because uh, NFL season starts today. And one million people will be in football stadiums today celebrating and enjoying, hopefully if their team wins, their, th this event that they're watching. Concerts is another, right? But what would it look like if... The 20 million people, on average, 20 million people out of the 300, however many people there are in this uh, country, 20 million people attend church every Sunday. It's not many. That's not many out of the whole shooting match. But what would it look like if those 20 million people actually sincerely wanted to be together? How do we cultivate that type of sincerity in this place? How do we show up to church with a desire to see God's people. Yes, meet God and, and worship him and enjoy being together. I, I just want to tell you, I enjoy seeing you. It is fun for me to be here, open up God's word. But if I was just preaching to an empty room, it just would not be fun. I'm in it for you, for, for, for the people. And the more that we hang out with one another, I believe that we will have that sincerity. The more authentic we are, I believe, the more we really will want to be with one another. A couple of Duolingo classes that I want to give today, two. Uh, here's the first one, the Dutch. The Dutch have this word 
they have the, the strong sound on their G, so that's where I'm going. I just want to warn you. This word is chazelech. And uh, when I spent a year abroad in the Netherlands, I learned this word, chazelech, which means cozy. It, it, it's, which is not a cozy sounding word. Chazelech. But it means warm and it means enjoying where you are, being fully present in the moment. And then they have this saying called chazelechait kent heit And that means that a good time knows no time. That when you're enjoying something, man, the time doesn't matter. Lunch can wait. What's next can wait because you are just enjoying the present moment. I wonder what that is for you right now in your life. Hopefully it's a nice family meal or a time surrounded by people. Hopefully we have some of that here on Sunday morning, but it's not limited to that. It is outside of these walls as we do life together. I remember uh, in the Netherlands, one of our things uh, that we had, were asked to do as exchange students was give English classes. And so my uh, student, his name's Kelvin. We were the same age. He knew no English and I knew no Dutch except for that one word, gezellig. And so uh, we were talking and he, somehow he communicated, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? And I said, excuse me, Excuse me? And he said, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? And I said, yes. Immediately, his eyes popped. He kept on pounding his chest, saying that he was being moved. And he brought out his Bible from his backpack. I brought out mine. And we had this moment of chazelech, of sincere joy being with one another. That semester, we read through the Bible. That was his English class. I read the Bible in English. He read it in Dutch. I learned zero Dutch. Hopefully he learned some English, but we had this strong bond that we had for one another. And one of the ways that we have, uh, we can cultivate the sincerity is by sharing our story with the church and then those outside of the church. And our story is our testimony. And our testimony answers three questions. What was our life like before we started following Jesus? How did we come to know Jesus? What was that like to start when we started to follow him? And then the third is, what has life looked like since then? How has my life been transformed by Jesus. And real quick, I want to share a piece of my story. I shared it with Calvin, and that is for many, many years in my life, 18 to be specific, I struggled with anxiety, crippling anxiety when it came to public speaking, believe it or not. It doesn't matter if there was three people in front of me or 300, I would have a knot in my throat and I couldn't get a word out. And the reason is because I was petrified of people. <laughs> I didn't want to let anybody down. I, I was a people pleaser. It was really more about me than anybody else. I wanted to say the right thing. I didn't want to offend anybody. When I gave my life to Jesus at 18 on the Texas State campus, eat them up cats, I started changing. My mind started being renewed and, and, and I came about this confidence that I never knew before this freedom to share openly. And the one thing that I was afraid at the beginning of my walk was I didn't want to talk about Jesus because I didn't want to pressure anybody. But then I came across 
this verse in Romans 1, 16, which says this, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. This is the whole storyline of scripture in one sentence. God chose this people, the, the descendants of Abraham, the Jews, and he loved them. He made a covenant with them. And now God has loved the Gentiles, everybody else in the world with the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, that he came to erase our sins and to bring about everlasting life. And he wants to have us cultivate this heavenly culture here on earth until he returns. And, and I, I lit on fire and I'm still trying to keep that flame lit. And the way that we do that is with this sincerity. So a question for us this morning is what robs me of Sincerity. Well, what makes me put walls up? What makes me keep people at an arm's distance? It may be past hurt. It may be wounds that people have let us down. Look, there's only one perfect savior in this world. We will have many that let us down. But if we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, we have forgiveness that's been given to us that we can extend. And we have an opportunity to cultivate this culture of sincerity. And for that, we need God's grace. And that leads us to the third ingredient for missional living. It says that they were enjoying the favor of all the people. Key word again, enjoying. And then this word favor, favor. All right. Second Duolingo class. And then I'm done with language class. I promise this morning. How do you say please in Spanish? Yeah, you guys know it. Look how well-versed you are and how decent. You're so proper. Por favor. For favor. You're, you're asking for a favor when you, ask, when you say please. We say that in English too. Hey, could you do me a favor? That's please in Spanish. And, and the beautiful word, uh, the beautiful thing about this word favor in Greek is that it means the same as grace. It's this word charis, which means extending Grace with no expectation of return. It's unconditional. So you just give freely. Hey, uh, can I ask you for a favor? You know, I'm not giving you anything for this. I'm, I'm asking you to do this for me. And then how do you say thank you in Spanish? Man, oh man. I'm going to start preaching in Spanish now. You guys are well versed. Gracias. That's an that's a easy one to connect. What does gracias mean? Grace. It means grace. It's graces. Thank you for gracing me. Thank you for the grace. So we ask for a favor and, and then we say grace. Look, we need favor from the church in this world. This world needs the love of God that has been freely given to his people. And it's ours now to share with others. And so it sums up the golden rule. You know it maybe from school. Here's the Bible verse for it, Matthew 7, 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. If we have this type of love, of grace, of favor, it will continue to cultivate this culture of revival. The Westminster Catechism says this, the chief end of man is to 
glorify God and enjoy him forever. And the way that they were enjoying him was favor. Just doing each other favors. Y'all do that so well already. And we do that in good times and we do that in bad times. This community knows how to come together. I think about the flood in 2015, how we came together as a church and we met the needs of those affected. I think about the snowstorm a couple years ago. Do you remember that? Uh, When we came together and we fed and made sure that everyone had plenty of water. And then last year, who can forget the uh, crunching of branches all throughout our community. But again, we came together. And when the body of Christ comes together in that way, the world out there looks and says, there's something different. There's no condition. It's grace. It is favor. First Peter 5, 5, 5 says this, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows what? Favor to the humble. It takes humility to do this. And uh, again, we're not doing this because of anything we've done. We're just shadowing the perfect Savior. A question for us, am I extending grace to other? Am I extending favor to those around me? And then this last ingredient, it says, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being Saved. What was going on in the early church was so contagious that people were looking the way they were loving each other as God had loved them. And God was adding to their number daily. Again, the church explodes from this uh, moment. They don't just stay in one area. They multiply. They plant churches all throughout the area. And we see amazing things happen. But it's, it, it, this is so key. And it's important for us to end here. It wasn't the church that was creating this growth. It wasn't people, it was God. In Paul's letter to 1 Corinthians chapter three, he says this, he planted the church, Paul planted the church, and Apollos, the next leader, watered, but God gave the growth. It's God who adds the growth. And it starts locally. We need to focus in who, again, going back to the limit, who God, Are you asking me to reach out to this week? Question, last one, who is my neighbor? I wonder who it is in this body. Hey, I'd love to hear your story. I want to share mine. Let's get together over a cup of coffee. Hey, what's going on? As we love one another, we will see a lost world look and say, hey, there's something, there's something different about those guys. And watch God add to our number daily those who are being saved. John 15, 11 through 13 says this, Jesus speaking, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be completed. It's fun. It's exciting. It is good when we do what God's asked us to do. And he says this, my command is this, love each other is I have loved you. And then these final words is what I wanna close with as we reflect on what our Savior has done for each of us. Verse 13 says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Maybe you need to hear this morning that your creator, 
calls you a friend. Not only that, but he laid down his life for you so that you can be a part of his work here on earth. His body was broken so that you can be a part of his body grafted in and so that we can see the great commission happen all throughout the ends of the earth. If you're able, please stand as we close in prayer. Lord, we pause and we just want to say thank you for what you did for us on the cross. We want to say thank you for wiping away the record of our sin, for seeing us now through the filter of what your son did, for granting us righteousness, joy, peace, and everlasting life. Lord, we want to cultivate these ingredients so that we can show off your goodness to those around us. But first, maybe this morning, God's calling you to say yes to him for the first time. Maybe that's your next step is coming into the fold and saying yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He is looking at your heart and wants you to express and confess with your mouth. Scripture says when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that he's been raised from the dead, we are saved. So I encourage you to repeat after me and say, Jesus, this morning I surrender. I give you my life because you have given me yours. Thank you for the price that you paid for me on the cross and the gift that you have promised me everlasting life thanks to your resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. And maybe for, for the rest of us, we need to take a moment and, and lay down any burden at the feet of Jesus here in this gathering. I want to invite you to come here to the front. You can kneel down here at this, what we call the altar. You can come to somebody here at the front, to the left, to the right, and receive prayer. Lord, we yield the rest of our time to you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Messages podcast. You can dive deeper into the messages weekly by subscribing to the Conversations podcast, where we dig into the previous Sunday's message, unpacking how we can apply it further in our daily lives. See you again next week.